coming because usually Friday night for youth is, uh, you know, when I was growing up. Is there any 17-year-olds here? No? Don't be shy. I have a son who's your age. Yeah, wow. So anyway, um, my name is Jaren. Um, I still like to call myself as part of youth. I love youth. These guys are the next fucking coming. So, um, since I've taken a journey, uh, I've always wanted to talk to youth because, you know, uh, when I was a youth, it was it was really, really hard for me because uh, I think I was the only Asian in my school. And uh, when I first asked this um, girl out, I said, you know, uh, I was just wondering. I didn't know what love was. I just want to start with that. So I just asked her, I said, you know, will you go out with me because, you know, I really, really like you. Oh, thank you. But I know what love is, you know. You know, if I if I give you all my money and if I had new shoes, if I had a haircut every week, you know, and I was really trendy and I hang hanged out with the cool and the tough guys, you know, that's love, isn't it? Oh, thank you. And then she like avoided me completely. Now, um, when I was growing up, I, I think it still it hasn't changed one bit, you know, um, being a kid and also you know, well, being having a Christian faith can be very tough, you know, you can be persecuted. That's why I encourage you, and it's really good turnout to see you here on a Friday because um, I have Christian friends, and uh, and every now and then I turn up, and and uh, I used to I used to be scared to share it. So it's really good to see you here uh, because I used to be a fragile, a fragile. I still am. I'm only human, and and uh, when I used to take things wrong, I I uh, used to sort of I used a lot of heroin. By the time I was 14 started using heroin because I thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, using heroin uh, back then used to mask everything, gave me confidence, it was my way of life, I couldn't do anything without it. Uh, by the time I was 16, I was on charges for trafficking. Uh, they kept me on bail until I finished year 12. When I finished year 12 uh, on bail, I was sentenced to five years in prison. So, in a way, I didn't know what love was. So I, I tried taking things into my own hands and, and uh, making my own way, not knowing what love was all about, and, and just wanted that sense of belonging. Now coming here, like seeing all you guys going to grill tonight, right? Wow, there's a sense of belonging, and you know, he's, he's bowling and stuff like that. You're like, wow, you know, and you guys like all, all together on a Friday night, and you know, that's amazing. And, and that's really something I must encourage, because what I did when I was a kid, I used to uh, be angry at the world, and I used to, and that's what the devil wanted. I used to put walls all the way around, and I used to put myself by myself, you know, uh, with this drug, who I thought was the answer to everything. But in the end, it took t all my twenties out, out of my life. Uh, I'm 35 now. All my twenties are sitting in between these four walls, who I thought was the right thing to do because my family was also included with uh, my trafficking charges. Uh, Thinking that it was the right thing to do because that's how I was raised. Uh, when you're raised, right, like you guys get a different upbringing, which is really awesome. But uh, when I was raised, it was okay to use and dabble with drugs, and you know that's like self-harm. But it was the only thing that I knew, so I used to run with it, run with it, run with it. And even though my first sentence uh, ended in 2004, by 2006 I was back, back to my old self because that's all I knew. So I thought it was normal. 
and um, it, it took a while. Uh, my mother, my grandmother, that um, they go to church a lot. My grandmother used to get lost, so uh, on Sundays I used to drive her to church because one day she she was leaving church. She we lived in an Asian area. Uh, she followed. She used to follow cars in front of her. Like, oh yeah, if I'm lost, I'm gonna follow that car. And that's what she'd do. And one day she rang me up and uh, anyone well in Queensland there's Brisbane and Gold Coast and they're like an hour apart. She ended up halfway down the Gold Coast. <laughs> she followed the wrong car. <laughs> so you know, uh, she said she rang me up and she goes, Oh, I'm in this place called Primer. I said, What are you doing down there? I followed the wrong car, I'm from church. So you know, that was like God's touch going, Come on, Jaren, come back. But what I used to do was I used to just drop her off and go to sleep in the car park. And then one day the pastor said, hey, do you want to come? I said, well, I don't know. I, I, I put this water up because I was that heroin addict. And my grandma kept praying, kept praying, kept praying. And then one day um, I just, I was released in uh, 2013. I served four years for, um, I was a home, there was a home invasion that went wrong. Uh, I was sitting in the car and uh, it goes back to my old stuff again. I think I was doing okay. The money was okay. Uh, accommodation was cheap, and I was on the way. Uh, I was on the way to buying a nice car and things like that. But the lifestyle was completely out of whack. So uh, I finally came to Melbourne. Uh, I came to Melbourne in 2014. Uh, I got involved with uh, a youth group and a church over on the western suburbs, which is like overseas to here. Right? There's no <laughs> difference in everything I've noticed. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then I got to see, I got to find out what love was. I got to find Jesus. And, and it's amazing. When you just have that encounter, you know, even when you're searching for it, sometimes when you look back and the penny drops, you oh. And then, you, and then what's going to happen is, uh, when Jesus came into my life, these walls, they started getting cracked. And the walls started coming down. And I started, you know, one thing with, with this, this culture that we're sharing right now is no one's going to judge you. It doesn't matter where you come from, how you've been, or how you even got there. Because when someone's down, you help them up. Love, love is patient. Love is kind. That's what Paul wrote in Corinthians. And, and it's, never, it's never about you know, uh, getting marks or, or you know, glorifying the wrong thing, but it's for the right thing, in Jesus' name. And that's what it's all about, sharing, sharing and, and and because I can't speak for you, you are at a different age level to me. You can speak amongst each other. You know? I can't speak that language. I, I can encourage you. Maybe if, if, if I walk down there, but I haven't walked down there. But Jesus has shown me how to do that, how to share your testimony. Everything's here in the Bible. You know what I mean? And it's the right lifestyle because that's what it teaches us. How to be graceful, being merciful. And if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be up here. I cannot talk in front of you. Like, up here, if anyone wants to like right now would be really good, but this is really nerve-wracking. <laughs> like all eyes on like, And sharing a testimony is not to glorify how bad or how mean or how much drugs I use, but it's because before I was written off. But now I've come through and, and this, is, this is amazing. I might not have the, like, I love RX7s, all my friends know that I'm a rotary head, but because I've lost my license and things like that, Complications, uh, <laughs> but through Jesus culture, I'm more happier to do this in front of you guys and be actually really scared instead of sitting in the dark. So losing losing my license and getting into a lot of trouble. 
encouraged, like kind of you, you know, when you go when you go through hard times and you encourage each other, be there for each other. You know, instead of kicking someone down, you're helping someone up because that's what I used to do. And then when you when you get through that path and you go, wow, man, and then you pray on it together and you've been through hard times and when someone else is down, two of you will help each other. That's what this fellowship's all about. I can imagine, you know, uh, being being a teenager is really, really, really tough because. It, it, you know, it, it can either make you or break you, or you can try and make it, to you, or you're going to try and fake it. It's like it's all trial and error. You know, but in this fellowship, you know, when you're all going out to eat together and someone's been through that, you know, you can vent to them, you know, and, 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 and all, all become one. And that's what Jesus wanted to be part of this church together. And it's amazing. Like all, like all your faces, like, it's something that's just unbelievable. And I really appreciate you having us down here because, um, you know, uh, I never thought I would have gone this far. And if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. Uh, I was written off many times. Uh, my, my, my family's family blue. Uh, just recently, I lost a friend. But if it wasn't for the culture and the upbringing and, and, and what we've been through and what we share tonight, you know, I'm still here standing. And that's what the devil wants to do. So don't 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 try and punish yourself and take it and handle it alone. There's people around you here. And the culture that we share is, is to help each other. You know, show love, be patient. You know what I mean? And, and it's something that it's not to get notches on the belt. It's something that you give with, with love and grace. Because what did Jesus do us? And that's that's the amazing love that I've found, and I'd love to share it with you guys. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I grew up here in, in Melbourne, but I'd like to share with you from uh, from God's Word. It's uh, Mark chapter ten, and it's, uh, it's a story you probably will know. I'm going to read from verse forty-six and fifty-two. Jesus and his disciples reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town. A large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up. They said, Come on. He's calling you. But a man threw his coat aside, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see you. Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Now, how many of you heard that story before? Yeah, okay. More than half. Well, let's just, just 
break this up a bit. There's a blind man. He's been there. I don't know how long, but for a long time. His name was Bartimaeus. And here's that Jesus has come now. He knows that Jesus has healed people. He's been in that road begging every day for years. So he goes through this this kind of reasoning. Well, here's Jesus. This is my only chance. He's Wow, if I don't get hold of him now, I'm not, you know, I could be sitting here for the rest of my life. And so he starts yelling out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And then Jesus has been used to healing people. And sometimes they, 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 they in this case, they just are friends of a paralytic at that. They couldn't get through the door where Jesus was, so they pulled the roof apart and let him down on his bed. So, this is not a new scenario for Jesus. Not the first blind man is here. So, Jesus does a very strange thing. When Jesus heard him, it says he stopped and he said, Tell him to come here. So what's wrong with that? And why wouldn't you take those extra steps and go to a healing? Why does Jesus do that? Now he's by the way, you put yourself at his feet. In his shoes. You say, okay, Jesus wants me to go to him. There's a problem. I'm blind. I guess there'll be people that are going to help me to get to him. Why is he doing this anyway? Why did he come over? There's another reason why Bartimaeus is, is just disturbed by this. Because something it doesn't really our style of dress doesn't really explain it but a cloak was had, had many uses if you're caught on the road you could it was a blanket um, in his case he could make a, a little tent out of it, it a shade and not only that when people would throw coins to him well that was his that was his wallet Okay, it wasn't 
money-wise, it wasn't worth a lot. But for him and his state, it was everything he had. It was his security. It was that everything, it was, it was those things, because we all have cloaks, not literally. We've all got those things which we, we, we huddle in and, and, and it, it, they keep us secure. It's, it's all we've ever known. And, wow. and then Jesus says, come. And Bartimaeus is saying, oh, yeah, but hang on. It says here, he threw aside his cloak. So this struggle's going on. He's saying, yeah, but okay. All right, I'm, hang on. I'm going I'm to leave that. Someone could still say, what they want with it? I'm going to Jesus. They've all got our cloaks. sit huddled and relatively secure. Now, it could be possessions. Do I follow Jesus? Yeah, but wow. <coughs> if I follow Jesus, everything that I've ever thought saved up for, well, I might, maybe I haven't got a say in that anymore. Maybe, maybe Jesus got other ideas. Hang on, I'm not sure that I'm ready for that. Jesus is calling me, but do I really want to leave that? Do I really want him deciding what I do with my money and my future? It might be a relationship. Jesus is coming follow me. Yeah, but what about what about her? I mean, she's my girlfriend and he's my boyfriend and hang on, why yeah, why? I might lose, I might lose them.
So they call the bloke, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. So Jesus asks him a question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And doesn't Jesus have any sense of I need two or three people to guide him. So it's kind of obvious. But Jesus asks him that question. See, he really wants him to think about it. What do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? What do you really, really, in your heart of hearts, want me to do for you? You might think, well, that's an unnecessary question. But bear in mind, this is all that Bartimaeus has ever known. He's a beggar, a blind beggar. And he gets out there every day and he says, Take pity on me. Spare me some, some small change. Show some coins my way. And with that, more or less, he's able to eat out a little. And Jesus is asking my penetrating questions. He's asking my penetrating questions. He said, oh, he wants to see you. But Jesus says, he looked at him. What do you really, really want? And Jesus asks us, same question. What is it you want? When you when you when you're praying and asking God for things, what is it you want? What is it, what is it you really want? I just want God to help me through my exams, right? Okay, that's good. Good prayer. Oh God just uh,
not, would mean not only that he needed the faith that Jesus could and would do, but he also needed the faith that he could be set off on a whole new life. A strange new life, a dangerous I was going to rule my life and he would. 
I know it's, things are going to change. My whole life's going to go and take a whole new direction. That it's scary. I don't know what's going to be involved. And, 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 and I don't have any control. I want to know it all now, but I'm not going to. I know you're not going to tell me. Do I just ask for money? Or is he going to see? So here he is between the two. He thought, well, hang on, I've left the cloak. Let's go for the big one. <laughs> Jesus, I want to see. I don't care what the consequences are. I want to see. I want to be free. Free to do what? I don't know. <laughs> I know a new, strange, and dying, dangerous world is going to open up. But I don't care. I was 22 when I had a conversation with the Lord. And, uh, I really enjoyed the job I was at.
unknowns that you've got to worry about and make decisions about. He knows what's missing. Now, to do that, you have to get to the point of saying, okay, I take my hands off. Now, maybe no, it wouldn't be a, probably won't be the same journey he took me on when I was taking me on the school. But it's going to be something that you never, ever regret. And you, what I'm looking back and I just think, oh, look, do anything, don't make a mission thing I was saying I didn't want him to do was the very thing that has given me the greatest happiness. So you think that I think we know what makes us happy, what's going to make us happy. We don't. Only Jesus knows what's really, 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 really going to make us happy. But he wants you to risk. He wants you to step. He wants you to throw away the clock. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
pray for more. I pray that each person here will not only not serve the devil, but will take that risk of giving you the keys, the steering wheel of their lives. Say, Lord, you drive me wherever you want because I trust you. Thank you guys. Thank you very much for sharing with us. I know that some of you didn't get